Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Every single week, we talk about our ongoing thesis, and that is digital hospitality. Every business needs to be digital first, and every business needs to be in the hospitality business. This week, we are bringing you a special episode. It is a repurposed episode. I was on Kyle and Sarah's The National Restaurant Podcast. It's a phenomenal podcast. If you're a restaurant owner, uh, please go and check it out. If you're not following at Kyle and Sarah on TikTok, on Instagram, on Clubhouse, on LinkedIn, he is a real estate broker in emerging restaurant space. Um, he is a close friend now, thanks to TikTok, thanks to podcasting, thanks to digital hospitality. Uh, Eric and myself, we were fortunate to be invited to go out to Toast, our primary point of sale company. They had their IPO in the New York Stock Exchange. We went out there, we met up with Kyle and Jihad, his videographer. We were able to film three incredible podcast episodes, video podcast episodes for our upcoming podcast with Entrepreneur Magazine and Yelp called Restaurant Influencers that is coming out in January. We hope you guys check that out. But please join us every Friday, 10 a.m. on Clubhouse. We have a digital hospitality room where you can ask questions, you can get involved. Uh, we love that space. And uh, if you're not on the Clubhouse app, please download it. But we hope you enjoy this episode. Please reach out at any time at Sean P. Walchev on Instagram or on TikTok. This is an uncomfortable episode because it's all about short form video. So it's all about becoming a media company. We hope you enjoy the episode and stay curious, get involved, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. You know, I have been doing a, uh, a decent job, I think, of preparing like show intros. And I've been I've been spending time, I, you know, I used to just free flow it off the top of my head or scribble something down right before. But you have the absolute most perfect intro for yourself that I've heard multiple times. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Uh, my name is Sean Walchef, owner of Cali Barbecue Media. We are a barbecue brand and a media company. We also host a podcast called Digital Hospitality. We believe all businesses need to be digital first and in the hospitality business. Uh, we opened in 2008 um, in San Diego and uh, we picked a shitty location, very <laughs> shitty location at a very shitty time. And we struggled like hell to get people to give a shit about what we were doing. Um, thankfully, this thing called the internet and the smartphone came along and we were willing to do anything and everything to pay the bills. And we went all in on social media marketing and claimed a Facebook page, um, started to respond to Yelp reviews, started to do all these different things that gave us brand awareness. And um, we became a barbecue brand. So we picked another difficult category, um, learned how to do barbecue on the West Coast. You know, Anybody from the barbecue meccas, they laughed at us until they realized how serious we were. And 13 years later, we have a barbecue media company. We have a single unit restaurant in uh, Spring Valley. We opened up our first friendly ghost kitchen in downtown San Diego. Downtown San Diego. Um, we're opening up our next friendly ghost kitchen near San Diego State. And uh, we plan to be the Amazon Prime of barbecue here in San Diego and build a model, share that model online so that other people in different markets can do the same thing. It's all about slow food fast. So, you know, we're, we're really taking advantage of the, the new market that's been created because of the digital economy. I mean, that's 
not a lot of restaurant owners were, are going to say that. <laughs> say what you said there. <laughs> My God. I mean, half of them can't even turn on the, the, the Uber Eats iPad. So yeah. how, all right, let's, uh, let's back it up. When did you first start in the restaurant industry? I uh, started busting tables and washing dishes when I was 13 years old. So I had never met my father. I was raised by my Bulgarian grandfather and my Japanese grandmother and lived a life of privilege in La Jolla, California. But they uh, believed in work. And on the weekends, um, even though I went to private school, I drove actually out to the restaurant that I now own um, about 20 minutes east and uh, wow. went out there and bust tables and washed dishes on, a, on Saturday and Sunday while my buddies played football, basketball, and went to the beach. La Jolla is pretty pretty fucking not bad. a bad place yeah oh my god not a bad place um so you're bussing tables you're you're doing your thing there i mean that's incredible that they they instilled that work ethic in you i think every kid that age should work in a restaurant there's so many different skill sets that you learn at that point even yeah. at that age even with the limited things that they give you that's where i think you learn the most oh yeah for sure i mean it was it's so valuable as much as i hated it looking back on it i think you know, the thing that I fell in love with the most was the hospitality, understanding that there were families that were coming to our restaurant yeah. and they were coming because they felt an ownership in that restaurant. They felt an ownership that that's where mom celebrates her birthday. That's our booth. That's our mm -hmm. server. This is where we come. And then understanding that it was all walks of life. It was something that you know, it took me a long time till after college till I realized that's what really I was drawn to was, um, you know, that idea of hospitality. And that connectiveness that people have to those restaurants. I mean, that's a, that's the, the definition of a neighborhood restaurant, right? I mean, yep. I love that. Um, so now you're, you're working like arguably one of the more difficult positions in the restaurant. And so, so what do you do? You kind of just work your way through high school or where does it go from there? Yeah, I worked my way through high school, you know, on the weekends was like I said, you know, serving eventually and then was doing managing. And then um, I thought I was going to go to law school. You know, my grandfather was a medical doctor and he believed in the professions. He wanted me to, you know, go mm. pursue higher education even after college and uh, applied to all three law schools here in San Diego, Cal Western, University of San Diego and um, Thomas Jefferson, and they all three rejected me. Um, it Thank was God. a devastation for <laughs> me. It wasn't as devastating for me as it was for me having to tell my grandfather that. Oh, I right. Yeah. So, you know, dealing with the disappointment from him. But for me, it was like, fuck them. I'm framing these rejection letters, which I still have to this day. That's like, awesome. you know, it's like, I'll fucking build my own law schools. Was That was my mentality. Obviously, yeah. Build my own law school, but it put me on the path of going down, doing some residential and commercial real estate for my grandfather. He has some properties here in San Diego that um, he developed um, condominiums as well as single family residential, um, helping him manage those properties as he was getting older. And then realizing, you know, this property that we had, which was this breakfast and lunch restaurant that I grew up in, uh, we sold that property. The new owners that took over. They had two failed tenants and then they came back to me and my business partner, my one of my best friends from college, Corey Robinson, uh, and said, do you guys want to take over this? Um, there's a liquor license that hasn't been activated. Are you interested in this property? And wow. we said, you know, it's 2008. The economy's crashing. Yeah, this sounds like a great idea. Let's Perfect timing. Go. Exactly what a I want. Terrible to do. Location. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. So then what being that you're on the West Coast barbecue, like you alluded to in the beginning, was not not exactly part of the culture out there. What was your attraction to, to barbecue? 
I mean, honestly, it came because of our involvement with sports entertainment and taking care of and giving back to the community. So we, you know, both my business partner and I, we have sports backgrounds. We didn't play in college or play professionally, but we grew up playing youth sports. And um, the area of San Diego that we're in, there's a lot of kids that don't can't afford to play sports. Right. Um, they can't afford uniforms. They can't afford league fees. So we were doing lots of little league fundraisers and football Pop Warner fundraisers. And we got to the point where it was literally a legitimate part of our business where it took so much time and admin to get a 20% off coupon, figure out, you know, how much are we have to pay back to the, to the um, group? How are we going to promote it? Are they going to, you know, bring something in? So we're just like, can we focus on one event? Let's do an annual event. And um, we got together with the coaches. We got together with, you know, some other business leaders and said, let's do an annual event. Well, what kind of event should we put on? And the best event was an amateur barbecue contest. No. Does anyone know how to put on an amateur barbecue contest? And of course, <laughs> no one knew how. But we did yeah. what, any, what what anybody would do, and we went to Google and said, you know, how do you put on an amateur barbecue contest? That led us to uh, Kansas City <laughs> Barbecue Society, which is essentially the NFL sanctioning body yeah. for barbecue. Um, they have a couple local reps here in San Diego, and. Out of the three people I contacted, only one of them called me back, and that was Gene Goykachea. He said, you know, if you want to put on that amateur barbecue contest, I'll teach you how to do it. Um, so he helped us, you know, because we were doing it for the kids. We put on an amateur barbecue contest, shut down the main street in front of our restaurant, had a couple thousand people out on the street, had about eight barbecue teams competing. It was a successful event. Oh, wow. event. And uh, he said, if you want to learn how to do barbecue, I'll teach you and I'll lease my barbecue pits to you. And we didn't have really a specialty. We had a menu that was kind of all over the place. So I said, you know, this is something different and unique. There's no craft barbecue in San Diego. Uh, even though we don't know what the hell we're doing, if he's going to teach us, uh, yeah. let's do it. So we went all in on barbecue. And that was back in 2009. Wow. I mean, it's, it's funny because like a lot of people probably thought like, oh, barbecue, like you just put the chicken on the grill and you put barbecue sauce. Yeah, we have a barbecue company. That's the way we think on the West Coast. That's sure. <laughs> the way we think on, you used to think on the East Coast too. So, I mean, so you, these people were coming with real like smoked meats and. Yes. Oh, wow. That's real really good. Real smokers, you know, understanding, you know, low and slow, low temperature, long periods of time, cooking it the right way, cooking it with wood. That's how it's done. Yeah. That is, um, I always think about that and it's really, I mean, there's a lot of technology now, right? Like, you know, you see apps and all that stuff. Do you guys use any of that? So, but like preparing for that, that's a lot. You got to really be ahead of the game because there's so much cook time involved with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the, it's a point of differentiation, right? For marketing, you know, what do we do that's unique and what's going to help us stand out to get people to come in so that we don't lose all the money that we've invested in this <laughs> restaurant and how do we, you know, pay our payroll? How do we, how do we grow this brand to give people to, to give a shit about what we're doing? Well, if we focus on the craft, if we focus on barbecue and doing things the right way, eventually we'll build something that's different and unique that yeah. other people around San Diego County, you know, the greater San Diego County, 3.3 million people. Um, if we do it the right way, then they'll come not only for the barbecue, but they'll come for the sports entertainment. You know, we host boxing we host ufc we host nfl sunday we were built on breakfast um you know west coast we kick off at 10 a.m for nfl games yeah, right, right. phenomenal breakfast at 10 a.m with a family-friendly atmosphere that wasn't there was no concept like that out here on the west coast so where could you take your wife and your kids and grandma and grandpa 
also dad could watch the game, you know, whatever game he wanted, not just the local market game, but whatever game he cared about. Um, yeah. That's what, that's what we built. That's similar. Like we had, um, Paul Bettina, the, the pizza concept, it was that kind of place. And we, we started out with people literally coming into the, the restaurant saying, you're not going to make it. <laughs> pizza is like a religion around here. You're not going to make it. Yeah. And you're going to put this guy out of business. You can put that guy out of business. It's not cool. Like angry at us. But we were like, you know, if we stick to it, we think we're on to something here because it was that place. That was a big thing, like where dad could be bouncing the baby here. Mom mm -hmm. could have a glass of wine and a salad and he could be drinking a beer watching the game. That was a big piece of our success, too. So for sure. Yeah, I mean, understanding who you are and leaning into that was so important for, you know, what we've created and what we continue to create. I mean, it's the place as a restaurant owner, you're creating a brand, you're creating a community within wherever you are but you also have to want to go to work, right? Like, yeah. you know, like if, if it's not something that you care about, that you want to be there and wear the logo and, you know, be all about, then what, what are you building? You know? Yeah. Like, that's a great point. I was, I was building a place for super fans. I'm a super fan of sports. I don't care what the sport is. I'll watch <laughs> it. I'll love it. You know, and any of the crazies that come along with it, they have a place, a seat at the table. We're going to get the game on for them. And then you get to show up every day. You get like, Hey, I got to be here. Gotta be right. here with my job. I gotta watch. Hey, it's, March, it's March yeah, Madness. I, I, I am required as a, as my job to go yeah. and open this bar early to make yeah. sure that these fans have a seat for every single game that's going yeah. Starting at 10 a.m. is so awesome. There's nothing worse than when you want to watch a game, you know, here on the East Coast and you wake up at, you know, nine o'clock on a Sunday yeah. and you're like, oh my God, what time do they play? Four o'clock. Oh my God. I'm going to watch these horrible games beforehand or yeah. even one o'clock if you really want to see it. You're like, ah, oh, forget it. Correct. So now you've got the you got the barbecue concept. You got everything pretty much figured out. What year is that? Uh, so I mean, really, we started we started leaning in once we became a barbecue brand two thousand and nine. Started doing the amateur barbecue contests. Started leaning into social media marketing. Um, started partnering with local sports teams, the San Diego Chargers. Um, we have the Aztecs. We have the Padres. You know, literally doing anything we could to make a name for ourselves. I think one of the biggest oh shit moments for me was five years in, we had built something that I thought was very cool. Like we were actually finally making money. We were finally making great barbecue. We had people that cared about what we were doing, but we didn't get any local media coverage for what we were doing. So mm -hmm. I started researching, you know, well, public relations, let's figure out how to, how to get local writers to come out from the newspaper or magazines or local radio station or news station to come out and do a story about, you know, the fact that we're in a very difficult place where no one else has made it in a very difficult category. Uh, maybe some writer is going to care. And I wrote out a couple press releases, got no traction. and was just like, fuck it. We're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. Like, literally, we're going to learn how to do storytelling ourselves. We're going to learn how to do branding ourselves. And that's when we started doing more video on Facebook. We started, you know, that's when Instagram started becoming popular. Yeah. We started tweeting, developing relationships with local news anchors, as well as producers, developing those deep relationships where they were following us. So we're creating content. And then guess who's top of mind when they're trying to do a story on 4th of July about barbecue? Yeah, right. Cali barbecue. And then we go to the news station. And when we went to the news station, we didn't just go it wasn't just me going to bring a dish of barbecue 
we went as it was our Super Bowl. It was the most important thing that we did. And I brought my entire team, brought tailgating material, you know, brought the smokers, came out there and fed the entire station. So not just the anchors, but we fed the camera guys, we fed the producers, we fed the next next crew that came on. And that helped us develop relationships, not just on radio and TV, but also writers as well. It's so funny that you hear when you talk about like sending to the newspaper, like reaching out. It sounds so old, but it really wasn't that long ago, right? Like it was 2008, 2009. I I, I paid for ads in the yellow pages. That's how long, like that's how crazy things have changed. Since 2008, I paid for a fucking ad in the yellow pages. (laughs) Do you have an ad? Do you still have a copy of that ad? I don't. I wish I did. Man, that would be so awesome. Yeah. Now it's 2000. Now our, our timing kind of syncs up here. So what was... 2008, 2009. So now, yeah, Facebook was just kind of becoming a thing. I don't think yeah. even pages were out yet. Nope. So then Instagram. So what, do you remember what your first, your first sort of, holy crap, this is going to work. This, this social media thing works. Like, what, what was it? Facebook? I mean, it definitely was Facebook. And I, I share this story all the time. I'm sure Corey, my business part, former business partner hates it. But um, <laughs> when, we o- when we opened, he had a Facebook account and I didn't. And that was 2008. And I was giving him shit about having a Facebook account. I was like, why do you have a Facebook account? Like, what are you just playing games? Are you out there trying to pick up chicks on Facebook? We're trying to run a business. Yes, he was. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) I don't know. Yes, he was. Absolutely. Um, But then when I started realizing we couldn't pay our bills, I was like, we need to do anything we can to get people to come in here. Oh, wait, Facebook is rolling out Facebook for business. You can claim your Facebook business page for free. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. And then now I started to care about photos. So let's take a photo of our food and put it on Facebook. Let's talk about the upcoming NFL game. And we're bringing fans together. A bunch of Charger fans are coming together. Let's create an event. That was kind of like the oh shit moment where it's like, oh my God, there's actually a community active and engaged. And people are coming in because of the content that we're posting on Facebook. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I I think you told that story previously when I was on your show. I mean, that was for us. I remember somebody saying, we just want what we saw on Facebook. And I was like, (laughs) I don't even remember what it was. And it's like, wow, this has some real traction. So now you're doing all that stuff yourself. Like once you were like, I don't have Facebook, then I have a Facebook and I'm going to run it. And now I think now I'm convinced you stop busting his balls and you're like, okay, let's start doing this for the restaurant. Yeah. That was, that was a key moment. The other key moment was the website. So we had one of my best friends, his dad um, helped us set up our first website. And like I said, we we're a fight night destination. So I was paying significant licensing fees. Oh yeah. To host these boxing events based off of, you know, square footage and seating capacity. So it didn't matter that, you know, we were in like the middle of nowhere in San Diego, they were going to charge us as if we were on the strip in Vegas based off of our square footage and our seating capacity. So I'm paying thousands of dollars to host a, a boxing event that I have to charge cover in order to recover those costs. So anywhere from five up to $30 cover. And, you know, as a person that hates paying cover, no matter where I go, you know, it was a hard thing to do as a business owner to charge cover, but we had to do it. Yeah. But in order to that it, happened. Like, how, how do I get awareness? So yeah. If somebody's coming for the Manny Pacquiao, you know, Floyd Mayweather fight, I need that on our website. When someone goes to Google Manny Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather, San Diego, they're going to, we need to come up in those search results. So, you know, I would email my friend's dad, he would get the email. 
update the website two days later. Two days later, it wasn't the right the right text that I wanted on the website. So I needed to, you know, or we changed the terms operationally. We're like, okay, it's only gonna be a 21 and up event. Well, I need that information on the website. Another two days goes by. So eventually I just went to one of my other other buddies and said, I, I need a website that I can update myself. Yep. And he put me on WordPress. Um, Adam Harris, I'll never forget it, but he, he basically demystified the internet for me. He said, you know, it doesn't matter what platform it is. If it's not user friendly that you can't update it yourself, it's not going to last. And it's shitty. Yeah. And like, I'll always remember that because when TikTok comes out or Clubhouse comes out, I think of the same way. It's like, it's intimidating to get to a new platform always, even for someone that hosts a digital hospitality podcast, but ultimately you learn by doing. Yep. If platform's not good enough to respond to those users, then it's just not going to exist. So, you know, now we have a robust website. I've got a team that helps us, you know, create that mobile first, not mobile, op, you know, optimized website. Yeah, I mean, that is, I mean, I don't, I can't tell you the last time I, I mean, not true. I can tell you because sometimes when I'm on the podcast, I'll use my other computer to look at the website for somebody to like look up their location, yep. look up a menu or something. But in general, if, um, you know, it's interesting that my wife uses it, but when we look for restaurants or maybe she never heard of it and I was suggesting a night out or something, always on my phone, yeah. always on my phone. And then you know what she does? To, she's like, well, what's like the vibe like? What, what Like she wants to see what the girls are wearing. Yeah. What, what, so she will pull up the tagged pictures. Yep. And she's like, well, these are like, these, these are, this is what the vibe is like. Oh, okay, this Correct. is for the sports place. Tag, tag, oh, okay, tag, tag photos on Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly. that's how she that's how she will judge. No, I'm not going here. Uh, this yep. looks too it looks too dingy. I don't know. Da, da. And to her point, a lot of times it's also like they don't if they don't care about their Instagram, what are they really really caring about? What are they showing here? These pictures sure. are it, it weighs heavy on our decisions with that stuff. So yeah, right. it's super important. But you know what's yeah. interesting too? I remember I remember at that time somebody was like, Instagram? I was like, What's Instagram now? Like now we gotta do Facebook and Instagram and <laughs> That this server in the restaurant looked at me and goes, it's like Facebook, but way shittier. <laughs> Wonder where that kid is now. Well, I mean, it's it's funny to think about the psychology that even me personally that I've had, you know, the feelings that I had about Yelp when I first opened and, you know, we'd get a great review on Yelp and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And then we get a shitty review and it was like a kick in the nuts. And I felt, you know, like, fuck Yelp. I don't like Yelp. Yeah. But ultimately, when you remove the subjectivity and you get to objectivity, like it's just oh, data, yeah. it's just where customers are. Forget about the logo of the platform. Like it's just where customers are. Create content, respond to reviews, respond to people that are on there and be present. Like when you're present on the platform, you become top of mind and all of a sudden you create all these different opportunities that you would have never known exist otherwise. Yeah, and I think it's, in, in, in addition to staying top of mind as you know, an owner, you owe it to yourself now to be hands-on with the technology stuff. Yes. You, you need to know the language. You need to know the expectation. If you're not doing it and you have people doing it for you, which however you want to use your time is you're using it effectively. I, I think that, you know, you need to at least know the, the, what the plan is like, Hey, I thought we were going to do this or Hey, what's this platform? Why are we not seeing any traction on TikTok? You may not have to be the one making the videos, but I right. think you definitely have to know. I agree. And I think that's probably the most powerful part is when you as a business owner download the app yourself, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a business app like Yelp for business or it's the consumer side. This is the Yelp, you know, Yelp facing consumer side app. And how does your restaurant show up? 
Yeah. You know, how does my restaurant show up? And then how do all the other great restaurants that I respect and admire, what are they doing? Do they have great photos? Why don't we have great photos? You know, yeah. why is our information not up to date? Why is the link to the website broken? Like all of these questions, like imagine it from a customer, if you're out there and you heard all this great thing about, you know, Cali barbecue in Spring Valley and you go on your phone and your wife's looking at the tagged photos and the tagged photos look like shit, like that's a problem. Yeah. Right? It's a problem. So how do you improve that? You improve that by making aesthetic improvements to your to your business. You start to do things differently. You start to look at, you know, how are we plating food differently? It literally, in fact, it impacts the entire digital hospitality experience. I'll tell you what, what there's there's one restaurant here um, in Stanford called Taco Daddy. And they're, they're friends of mine. Yeah, great name. And they are they you feel like you're in you, you feel like you you're in TikTok. You feel like yeah. you're walking. They've got this really cool artwork all over the place, mm -hmm. and they've got TikTok music blasting. They definitely have like an urban kind of uh, younger vibe. But uh, next door, they took over the space next door and made it into like a cocktail lounge. It's called the Lila Rose, and it's all pink and gold, very kind of like fantasy land. Very not a big space. I would say maybe two thousand feet, and big bar, a lot of yeah. cocktails. And my wife went in there, and I'd, I've seen him do this before, but it was he saw what was going down he bought a huge bag of these like clip-on ring lights that go on your phone so now you're taking pictures of the food with great led lighting and now everything looks fantastic wow. so now when you're tagging things and i'm like dude people are gonna walk out with them you'll see i don't care walk out with them i will buy more you're gonna give me that these and they do a phenomenal job with their really? media, but i thought that was really next level like Take them. Yeah, they're fully charged. Turn them on. Multiple different like strengths of the light, and they did exactly that. They all took pictures. They all took videos, and I imagine there were ten other tables doing the exact same thing. That's amazing. Wait, do they offer those at the tables? I think they just kind of like see a bunch of girls drinking margaritas, and they're like, "Okay, I know how this is going to go down." <laughs> <laughs> and they, you know, uh, pump up the pump up the music, and um, yeah, they do a great job with vibe and energy. But that was just one little sort of next level thing that I thought was really cool. I mean, that's so important. That creates that oh shit moment where you've literally separated yourself from every other restaurant. Yeah. And, you know, I, I thought it was genius because I've seen concepts and they were two daytime concepts, but they adjusted their lighting and their plans. Like we want we want the LED lighting above the table. So there's yeah. no shadows, great pictures. But then you don't want that at 930 at night when you're out at, you know, like you can't have oh, yeah. that place. That's awful. You know, you don't have surgery. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My root canal. But right. like the that little piece, like having it that way, I thought was very cool. Yeah. So now you are a full on media company. Like you're very front and center. Like we're a barbecue restaurant and a media company. What what for those out there who are not bought in, that seems like Ah, this guy's wasting his time. Tell me why, why you're so heavily invested in this stuff and why it's so important to your brand. The most important thing that we can do is storytelling. It's telling who we are and what we do. That's why people buy Amen. things. Yep. So we buy on emotion. And the more that people can buy into the story, that separates us from any other product out there. And what the most incredible thing is this smartphone that we all have. I mean, we have a media machine in our pocket. And the problem is when you start to talk about digital marketing or social media marketing, people tune out because you, there's language that people use, especially agencies and experts that, 
you're talking about how do you direct market and how do you hyperlink and how do you do all these different things? Well, we like to simplify it. Mm. Audio, video, written word and images. That's all you're doing. So how do you document that and how do you empower your team? So my managers, my staff, how do I empower them to start to use their smartphone boots on the ground to tell the story in a different perspective and then utilize that the picture of my bartender pouring a fishbowl cocktail, you know, a, a gallon of a margarita into a fishbowl with a rubber duck, That's the taking, a 30, taking a 30 second video that I'm going to use on TikTok, but I'm no longer at the restaurant. You know, I'm getting that video and then I'm publishing it on TikTok and I'm publishing it on Instagram Reels. That makes us this media company where people think that we're everywhere all the time. How are you doing podcasts? How are you, you know, creating all this content? Well, every day we're documenting. Yeah. Every day we're not putting on a full production. Yes, I have a production team, Rising Tides Creative, and they do a phenomenal job helping us create pillar content. So our podcast is pillar content. That's something that no matter what, every single Thursday, we're going to produce a digital hospitality episode. We're going to have an in-depth conversation about digital marketing, digital media, about our thesis, sports entertainment, self-improvement. And we're going to break that up into micro content that we'll publish throughout the week. But ultimately, the most important thing is the stuff that I do every single day that allow me to publish on Instagram stories, publish on Twitter, publish on LinkedIn publishing so that people start to know it's not just about us. So when we went from digital marketing to digital media, first we needed to learn the skill set of how do I produce content? How do I tell stories? How do I talk about my brand? Now it's no longer about Sean. It's no longer about Cali Barbecue. We're just storytellers. We're bringing other people on to tell their story so that other people that are running hospitality businesses or restaurant businesses, they can learn well, why did this restaurant that has been in business for 13 years switch from Aloha point of sale system to toast? Well, this is a video that me and my general manager created unboxing our toast equipment the same way my son, who's four years old, <laughs> is a kid unbox micro uh, Hot Wheels and monster trucks. Yeah. So, like he's watching a kid that's what that has 50 million followers, two brothers. They're making $20 million a year unboxing, you know, literally hot, hot wheels and uh, monster trucks. But we did the same thing. We made a spoof and we said, well, what if we unbox our hardware and our, our tech gear? This new you printer. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> nobody does that. Like, no. why would you do that? Well, we did it. And by doing it, we develop a deeper relationship with Toast. The yep. entire company of Toast, the salespeople, the marketing people, the CEO, they saw the video and they go, wow. This is all of our hard work that we're doing to empower customers to become a digital restaurant. This piece of content, this pillar piece of content now has all these legs that gives us opportunities that we would have never thought possible had we not made that content. And those opportunities are available to anybody that's listening to this podcast, especially if you're listening on LinkedIn, you have people that you do business with. Everybody needs social media content. Yeah. Everybody. I don't care if you're a plumber. I don't care if you're an attorney. I don't care if you're a barber. I don't care if you're a restaurant owner, not just you, but all the people that are your vendors, your vendor partners, they all need content for their social. And the chances are they're probably further behind than you are. Yep. 
Oh, so yeah. if you learn the skill set of doing it, you can go, well, I can make a video. And we're like, well, who's going to care about that video? There's people in that company that you spend money with and they're a linen company. Well, who gives a shit about linen? Well, let's listen. Every single restaurant needs linen. Yep. Oh, my God. Why, That's why, a great why? Linen's a great example. Right. Well, why are we picking the towels that we're picking? Why are we picking the, you know, the scents and the chemicals that we're picking? We're actually consciously making a decision to make all these these choices. Talk about them because maybe a different restaurant owner, not just in San Diego, maybe somebody in New York, they have the same idea for what they want this bathroom experience to be. And we all know how important bathroom experiences are to the entire restaurant experience. Uh, my, number one, my number one, my number right? one, yeah, indicator. Of Ask your wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ask your wife how important it is. But it's then like, that linen company, if they have a product that helps you solve that, now all of a sudden it's that piece of content is powerful for them. It's powerful for their Instagram channel. It's powerful for their Facebook channel. It's powerful for their sales team. But even more powerful, it's like now it's product awareness for another restaurant. Yeah. I know we did that with um, when so when COVID was really first getting started and we were able to open up for takeout only. Um this guy, I had seen him on Instagram with one of those electrostatic sprayers, kind of spraying everything down. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but it looks like he had a mask on. It looked like you're really keeping people safe. So yeah. I reached out to him and said, hey, I don't know what that is. I'd like to learn more about it, whatever. Came to the restaurant. I said, can I record you? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. We did the exact same thing. Talked to him afterwards, like on a live. And the owner of the company was like, hey. That was fantastic. You know, how can we help you? Gave us a discounted price. And, and then he went on. I said, you guys are great. I would love to just introduce you to everybody on the block. You know what I mean? Let me just Correct. introduce you to, and went on. I mean, I still talk to the guy this day, even though I'm not at the restaurant anymore. It's yeah. so key. And I, I just was listening to a guy on TikTok and he does um, sort of like brand, like um, personal branding, like an agency kind of thing, it seems like, mm-hmm. for influencers. And he's like, can I tell you what the number one problem is? These brands don't have influencers. They don't know sure. what to do. They don't know. They know they should be on TikTok, but they don't know the how to do it. So it's like if you learn that people think, well, I only have 200 followers on TikTok. You ever talk to 200 people, bro? Have you ever been in a room to talk to 200 people? It's crazy. Correct. And it's like, I I can't even imagine not doing it. Like, how are you getting the word out if you're not doing it? I mean, that's the, the, the greatest thing is that we're living in a time where you can make an impact globally without having to build the technology to do it. We're building on the backs of giants. All we're doing is recording what we are already doing and yeah. just publishing it on the internet. Yep. Now, what do you say to the, and you probably get this less and less now, but I'm sure at the beginning, maybe a partner, a customer, somebody was like, what are you doing? Shouldn't you be you know, ordering something or behind the line or making my, I'm waiting 10 minutes for my beer over here. We shouldn't, you're making a video. What do you say yeah. to those? Well, I mean, number one, we always take care of the person in in real life. So yeah. as much as we like our social media policy for staff is to be social. But number one, if somebody's in front of us, we take care of the person in front of us. But why? Yes, people have talked shit for my whole entire career that I've leaned into smartphone storytelling about why are you doing what you're doing? And for me, I know that it's right because I've gotten just unbelievable opportunities to develop deep relationships with people that I never would have thought possible. You know, like Sam, the cooking guy is a mentor to me. And now one of my closest friends, he has over 3 million YouTube subscribers. He has 18 Emmys. He's literally built his career as a food personality on TV first. Mm. He quit 
biotech job at the age of 42 was miserable and said, I want to be happy and said, I'm going to start to make this travel show. The travel show turned into a food show, but he's been a local celebrity. He has five books, but now he has a, a YouTube channel that has three million. Literally, he can he's broadcasting three different videos a week to more people than are in the San Diego market. Oh, All yeah. the different news stations combined can't get his reach because he's built that community online. He has hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok, hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. But I've become friends with him because of the content, because I've had him on the show. Literally, I had him on the podcast before he was a restaurant owner. And I asked him, you know, Sam, you have all these books, you have all these Emmys, you have all these followers on YouTube. When are you going to open up a restaurant? He's like, I'm never going to open up a restaurant. And sure enough, now he's opened more restaurants than we have. He has, you know, four different concepts, yeah. ghost concepts, not, not tacos, grays. But then along the way, I've had him on our podcast, not just selfishly to learn, but to share the information of a content creator that's becoming a restaurant owner and the power of the internet. Literally, he's living proof of the power of the internet. He's selling knives. He literally can't keep enough Nikiri branded knives with Sam the Cooking Guy's face on them because it's such an incredible knife. He cares about the quality and the craftsmanship. But he, had, like I said, he has three million, three million followers just on YouTube. Forget about his email list, all the people that come to his website, all the people that come to his restaurants. And like, that's the new economy that we live in. You know, as a restaurant owner, you don't just have to sell ribs to the person that comes yeah. into the restaurant. Like you can start to come up with different product categories and sell to a global audience if you create content that's compelling. Yeah, that's the that's that's the key piece. And I, I think it's it's hard for it's sort of like when you talk to people about cryptocurrencies and, and <laughs> NFTs, they're like, I, I don't get why I need to do this. I need I need to go order the chicken, the meat guy cuts off at five o'clock. I need to go run payroll. I need to do this. You got to figure it out, man. You yeah. got to, if, if you're scrambling to do the regular everyday shit, then you got a problem with your systems and you're not prioritizing. You can do it. I get the same pushback in real estate. They're like, oh, you're not, you must not be doing any deals because you have all this time to create content. <laughs> no, dude. It's the deal. When, I, when you're sleeping at 4.30 in the morning, I'm awake. Yeah. I'm organizing all my shit. I have all my stuff organized and I'm, I'm documenting my day. Correct. I have to run to a guy who just follows me around on Thursdays and we go places to eat and we post videos. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a unique dynamic, but I think it's, it comes from a very old school place where people don't understand like why you'd be doing it. And I think for restaurants, I think it's super important because now more so than ever, you can generate revenue aside from people coming in your door. That's correct. Right. You can sell sauces. You can, you know, and if you can sell your sauce, you can pitch your sauce. Next thing you know, you know, Heinz wants to talk to you about a ketchup commercial. Uh, somebody wants you to do a cooking demo because they saw you working with your chef on how you create one of your specials on a YouTube video. It's an opportunity, man. Like, the, could you imagine when we were kids, if we could just talk to the world, like, like, like you could just tell your story to the world or find like toys and stuff online from a celebrity who who knew like played basketball and would recommend a certain ball that you would play with like that was would have been the, the gym and that and we're living in that now we're living in it now and i mean i think anybody that's listening to this podcast i mean i i love your show i know the people that are listening to the show what we say on digital hospitality is stay curious get involved and ask for help like yeah. if you're listening to this podcast you are curious like yeah. you already believe in the things that we're talking about. The question is, where are you on the spectrum? Because even for me, as somebody that is all in on digital, like 
we just came up, Kyle, myself, Chef Jensen Cummings, with the three TikTok 33 challenge. And that's a credit to you, Kyle, because you've been killing it on TikTok, posting more content. I need to go all in. I need to taste things. I, that's how yeah. I learn the best. So I don't yeah, right. care if one person watches the TikTok video, what this challenge is for the three TikTok 33, it's make three TikTok videos every single day for 30 days. At the end, you'll have 99 videos, including your introductory video where you call somebody out in the challenge. Now you've created a hundred pieces of TikTok content. With that TikTok content, you can repurpose that on Instagram, you can use it on LinkedIn, you can use it on Facebook, you can use it on Twitter, you can use it on your website. But like by doing it, by learning how to do it, by watching what you're doing, by watching what Chef Jensen Cummings is doing, by having conversations with other TikTok people that are professionals, content creators, video editors, photographers, seeing what they're doing, tasting what they're doing, you build awareness for your brand. Yeah. So we believe a rising tide lifts all ships. And yeah, like totally. right now, there's never been more important time. Do you know the difference between a ship and a boat? Did we talk about this? No. I feel like there's a there, there's, there's, you've heard it's a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. A rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. Actually, one of my best friend, my best man, Jack Harris, told me that the difference between a ship and a boat is that you can put multiple boats into a ship. A ship doesn't fit into a boat. There we go. So I say a rising tide lifts all ships. And right now we're recruiting other ships, other yeah. people that believe in this thesis. They see what's happening. They know it's important. You're an owner. You're in real estate. You're in restaurants. You're in hospitality. It's up to you. No one else is going to fucking do it. Like, yeah. you have to do it. You yeah. have to download TikTok. You have to download Instagram. You have to claim your profile. Make it public. Like, Make it public, do the things, like get used to being uncomfortable. And then you're gonna to start to see all these opportunities, which is why Kyle believes the way that he does. It's why I believe the way that I do. Mm -hmm. This is, there's no difference between my business life and my personal life. Yeah. All personal. Hate to buy business it. is personal. Yeah, people do business, they say this, and this is what's really, you know, it's interesting about not to get too much into it on the commercial real estate side. We get a lot of heat for this. So there's a little group of us, a digital army that oh man, we're growing. It was like 12 of us. Now I think it's like 70 of us across the country yeah. who realize and sort of like encouraging the people who, who, you know, in a very stodgy industry, like did not do that. And it's the same sort of thing. Rising tide lifts all ships. So the more we put out, the more, the less comments you're going to get, the less flack right. you're going to get from your broker. Who's like, why are you making TikTok videos when you should be cold calling people? Or whatever the case may be. Well, the the irony in that is that those people see the content. <laughs> I know they see the content on Instagram. They see the content in LinkedIn. They see the content and they go, "Well, why are you doing what you're doing?" Yeah, because your attention is on that platform. That's yeah, exactly why I'm doing it. Or like your kid told you, and then you put it out. Even exactly more to my point, correct. you just exactly strengthened my point. Yeah, and it's it's a matter of I think you know people think that it's you're being super egotistical when you're doing this. Correct. You're talking. The fact is it could not be more humbling. Try yep. being in your main street town and, and the people who don't do this kind of stuff would in their heart of hearts agree to it is because they're embarrassed. They're not, yes. they're, they're not, they're not comfortable with it yet. It takes reps. It takes practice to do this. And I think, um, I think you're really showing restaurants. I mean, I, I point to people, I, I did a post the other day about it. Go look at what he's doing. Go look at what's going on here. This is the way you need to be running your restaurant from a marketing perspective. And by the way, I say that with the caveat of if you don't think it's not, I'm 
completely open-minded to what you think the best tactic is then. Sure. And I have sure. not gotten one counter argument yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that. And like, but for me, I, I look at all the other ships and all the other different industries. And that's the beautiful thing about the internet is it doesn't have to be restaurant focused. doesn't yep. have to be barbecue focused. doesn't have to be real estate focused. Like it's all, it, it, it's all about creativity. And you know, what I value about the TikTok content that you're creating and anybody that's listening to this podcast, like if you don't have a TikTok account and you're listening to this podcast, please just stop listening and yeah. download TikTok and file, follow Kyle. Because <laughs> he's dropping nuggets. Literally, he's dropping nuggets. And like what the way that I think of this three TikTok 33 challenge is the videos that I want to record and that I plan on recording for the challenge are looking at it. What if I had what if I only had a, a month to live and I had to pass on the information mm. that I've learned about owning a restaurant, being in the barbecue business, creating digital content? podcasting what if i had only those TikTok videos to share that information hmm. that's, that's valuable that's, that's putting you on the wall yeah what if that's i can only talk to my son and my daughter and share the video of what it means to be a dad what it yeah. means to be a husband what it means to be an owner of a business yeah and i mean that's to, to your point there is you're creating a legacy right like and with this yeah. i mean you, i know you're using an extreme example but like with your content, that's what you're doing. You know, if you think about it, and for me, I appreciate what you say there, but I really think like so many restaurants are like either doing something because that that's, it's always worked this way. I had a manager here. He did it at the other place. We do it here. You don't have a sound. You can't walk down the hall and say, Hey, Hey Steve, I noticed uh, you had this situation before. What'd you guys do when you, when your team encountered this, you're on your own, man. And now granted there's YouTube and there's all this stuff, but what are you really getting from that? You know, and I, th I feel like there's so many businesses that can be saved by saying, "Hey, when you interview your bookkeeper, make sure they've got experience with restaurants because there's a lot going into that, and there's a different level of reporting or whatever the case is. Just make sure you do that." Some people like my, my uncle does my bookkeeping. He's been doing. He's been a bookkeeper for 40 years. Correct. He's been doing corporate bookkeeping. Totally different. You know. So yeah, I do think that it's little nuggets like that, and I think guys, you know, like you and me and and Jensen and. You know, Bruce Irving, Donald Burns, Revsi, all giving all that stuff yeah, out. Air Catchatory, like Eric I mean, all of it. It doesn't matter. Like I said, we're talking about hospitality examples, restaurant examples, podcasters, but like it really doesn't matter what you do. You have valuable information as oh, a yeah. sister, as a brother, as a dad, as a son. Like record those videos. Yeah. Literally just record those videos as if it's just a, like, if that's the way you have, if you have to get morbid to think about it, yeah, like, whatever gets think, you about it, think about it that way, but like do it today. Yeah. You know, like we can't wait to build our TikTok account or our Instagram account, but like, that's why I love TikTok is it's wide social media. I mean, it's proven how much traction that you can get from one video. Oh, yeah. And then what I love about what we're doing with the challenge is that now we're going to have weekly clubhouse calls, which is the audio platform where we can talk to other people that are successful on TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is to talk about what are the tactics, you know, what are the tactics and the things that they're doing to be successful. And that's why, you know, clubhouse is so powerful. It's like anybody listening to this conversation now, they'd be able to just raise their hand. Yeah. Hey, Sean, you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you guys I, are I disagree me. with your thesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always think Clubhouse is kind of like, um, 
it gave me such vibes of uh, like sports talk radio back in the day. It does. First yeah. time, long time. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have Mike Francesa, Mike and the Mad Dog back I in know, the day? I know Mad Dog. Yeah. Oh sure. my god. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that gives me those vibes. And they're like, "Hey, thanks for thanks for coming on. What do you what do you have to say? <laughs> What's your yeah, take? Everybody's taking their cues. Yeah, I don't care what they say. That's where they're getting it from in my mind. So now you you're you got a, you're plugged in. I mean, definitely one of the one of the top hospitality thought leaders. I always rely on and and consistently. Obviously, we talk offline personally as well. But like, where are you gonna? Where do you see this? Where do you see Cali Cali Barbecue Media five years from now? I mean, for me, it's so much of it's on the educational side. You know, the content side, empowering other restaurants and other small businesses to do what we've been able to do because yep. I believe in the internet. I mean, that, that ultimately what it comes down to is I believe in the internet. It has nothing to do with the platform. It has to do with the fact that I can get on Clubhouse and have a conversation with you about podcasting or about third-party delivery or about ghost kitchens. And then we can get thought leaders from India, from Dubai, from China, from Japan, from England, on that same room telling us boots on the ground what's happening in their market. Yep. I mean, there's, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. It's mind blowing. The reach is insane. There yeah. was a guy on the last one we had was from uh, India talking about. I'm about interviewing him after this podcast. Oh, really? Literally. You know, he, he was like, he was, first of all, I didn't even know that like the delivery background of how it all kind of started in India. Yes. Like that, how they're, how intense they are and how ahead of the curve they are with that kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow. I would never know this. I would never know this. Like, I had so much information. I kind of reached out to him. Gamers, they're like, wow, dude, you really dropped some knowledge on me that I wasn't even expecting to get. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited to, to learn more about it and to dive in. And that's what you get to do as a pod, as a podcaster. Yeah. You don't even have to be a podcaster on Clubhouse. You can host a room about a topic that you care about and then get thought leaders in from all over the globe to get in on the conversation. Yeah, because here's the secret, guys. People like to talk about themselves. So exactly. if you find somebody that is onto their shit or something that you connect with, invite them to do something, and you'll you can collaborate with them. You can you can have them on a podcast. You can have them in Clubhouse. You can shoot some video with them inside your restaurant. And I I love the idea of in terms of having somebody who you know whether it's a vendor or it's a high profile person in your community to come in and create content with them and then have them share it. That's a huge thing. That's yeah. a huge, huge thing. I think not a lot of people do that, but I think it then becomes your restaurant becomes sort of like a reality show. It becomes when people see you online, they are like, Hey, I recognize you from that YouTube video. I recognize you from that TikTok," And they feel a connection with you that is beyond just coming in and ordering their food with you. They know yeah. that, Hey, you were on that, that video and you were talking about how much you love X, Y, Z. I love that too. Boom. Connection customer. Correct. Connection customer, connection customer. And I think that's 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 a big thing that not a lot of people are taking advantage of. Yeah, it couldn't be more exciting. I mean, it's it seriously this. You, the question is, in five years, when you look back, did you do it? Because you're sitting here listening to this podcast and you're shaking your head like, yeah, Kyle and Sean, I, I believe that I should be making TikTok yeah. content for my brand personally for my brand, as well as for, you know, for our restaurant, did I do it? Yeah. <laughs> did I do it? Well, because exactly. it's easy, it's easy to do it once, right. but then like, that's what I love about the challenge is like three TikTok videos a day is a lot. Oh yeah. Like, that forces you to be uncomfortable. And by yeah. being uncomfortable, you learn the craft, what works, what doesn't work. And 
after a hundred TikTok videos, you know, you and I will have a conversation. You've already probably gotten there, but we're going to go, you know, look at what we learned. This is what we learned. And I know you're going to share it. I'm going to share it. Jensen's going to share it. And the more people that can learn from it, because the creator economy is here. Oh like, yeah, man. Video is so in demand. Photography is so in demand. Graphics are in demand. All of these businesses that are waking up and having this, oh shit moment where it's like, oh my God, my website's important. Like this website yeah. that I built 12 years ago, like it actually needs to be living, breathing the same way I care about oh. my Instagram feed. That's assuming I care about my Instagram feed. I'm, I have a, I have a uncomfortable level of not being okay with people whose menus are not accurate. Like I'll <laughs> fucking walk out of your restaurant. I'm like, what? Yes. I don't know. It, it irritates me. And it, it, it irritates me. Like people are like, well, what's the big deal? We just forgot. We actually don't have that anymore, but we have this instead. What's the big deal is you handed it to me. Or I looked at it online. I came here because you had it, you yep. and you just showing. And I don't know. I know that's nitpicky, but that's. I think it goes along the line of the bathroom, right? Like if sure. that's a thing now digitally. If I see that, and you know, my wife and I will say, "Hey, we're gonna go here." Oh, they have that. They have that. Uh, whatever that we like, and we go there, and then they don't have it. We well, are the same thing as we are fucking out of there. What if your hours of operation are wrong? What if yeah. you drive <laughs> across the city and you oh. go there, and the fucking place is closed? Oh, dude, well, I will the website have. says it's open. I will have to have an update to their Yelp profile or their Google listing. Yeah. And then you put me in a straitjacket because I'll lose my, <laughs> I'll be freaking out, like ripping my shirt off in the middle of the street because that yeah. is, it's just, because it's not hard. It's not hard. Hey, let everybody know we're not actually open on Tuesdays anymore. Correct. Um, so we're wrapping up here. If you had to give a quick three-step little process for somebody who's like you said, I downloaded the app. I know I should do it. What should they, what should they, how do they start today? I just download the app. What do I do? Download the TikTok app. And, and, and you know what? I'm not even just download the app. I, I'm behind on social media. Where do I, what do I do right now when I'm, when I'm done listening to the show? What do I do? I mean, the number one thing that I can recommend is cleaning up your smartphone. So going through the apps that you don't use, organizing the social media apps that are the most downloaded apps on the internet. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, making sure that you have them, that you're logged in, that you've created profiles, your profiles are up to date, you have a photo, it's a public photo. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, making sure that those core platforms are up to date. And then now you can start focusing on audio, video, written word and images. And the beautiful thing about video is that video gets you all of them. Yep. Video is so powerful. And if you start to focus on 60 second or less videos with one idea, you can use it for all of the platforms and all the platforms reward that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's what's, that's what's even, it's a challenge, but it's also something that should make it a little bit easier is you're not being asked to make these 10 minute long YouTube videos, you know, Correct. Work up to that. Correct. Um, you can create 15 second videos, 30 second videos on very hot button topics that, that people will, will relate follow, to. Follow Kyle on TikTok. You'll, you'll get an idea of, of <laughs> what works and what doesn't. You get an idea of a lot more than that. that <laughs> full exposure on TikTok. Um, so, all right. So anybody in the Cali, Cali area, how do they get a hold of you? What's the best way to order some food and do all that fun stuff with you? CaliBBQ.media. That's our website, mobile first website designed by Mithral Media. They did a great job of incorporating our media content, but more importantly, selling barbecue. I mean, we do, we sell slow food fast. 
So how do we de deliver barbecue digitally? We want to be the Amazon Prime of barbecue here in San Diego. And you know, in order to open up all these friendly ghost kitchen locations and have a master smokehouse and media center, we've got to be digital first. And we share that story online through content. Anybody can reach out at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. And that's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the uh, all the platforms. Well, look, if I if you if the opportunity arises, okay, because I'm just trying to think a little bit down the road for Cali Barbecue Media and, and my own self-interests. Yes. I would like to sponsor your drones. I'd yes. Like put some now we're talking. <laughs> I like that. I'm already in on that. I'm already in on that. <laughs> They're like, what the hell is this thing? It's gonna be a picture of my face coming down on their patio. Now, are we talking about the 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 drone the drones on Earth or the drones on Mars? Because uh, well, barbecue, I mean, barbecue on Mars and barbecue for Bitcoin. That's yeah. Coming. Send me a package for both, and okay, then we'll see, see where it goes. Uh, well, guys, um, if you do not follow Sean on social media, if you're not paying attention to what he's doing, he is in my mind ahead of the curve and is really leading the digital. The, the, the digital revolution oh, that's already here. It's not even a revolution the, the, leading the way digitally when it comes to restaurants. So you might not be able to implement everything that he does, but follow all the kinds of stuff that he is doing and take notes, reach out. I'm sure he'll be happy to help you. Um, he's been a tremendous asset and I consider him a friend here. So thank you for the time, Sean. I appreciate, I appreciate, it, appreciate you, Kyle. Yeah. Stay curious, get involved and don't be afraid to ask for help. That's, I love that. All right, dude. Enjoy. Right, and uh, we'll be in touch. Be the man. Later. Peace.